Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, the ultimate destination for principals, leaders, and educators. That's right. We're diving deep into the important stuff, the ups and downs of mental health, the secrets to managing stress effectively, figuring out that elusive work-life balance, and mastering the art of being an effective leader. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embark on an incredible journey with us as we explore the fascinating world of life and leadership. So whether you're a principal, leader, a busy parent, educator, or someone on a mission to make a positive impact in the world, this podcast is for you. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. One, two, three, four. We're doing something a little different this time, right? We're back to back to the computer, um, doing a little live, not live, but uh, remote. We uh, working through Riverside, and uh, just going to switch things up a little bit and and um, see what happens. God, are you ready to go today? <laughs> you okay? Oh, getting my ass. Must be some good stuff. All right. You good? I'm good. What are we going to do today, bro? We are going to raise that frequency. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go spread some good out into that podcast universe. Episode 2P45. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the two principals. Hey, if this is the first time checking us out checking out the 2p pod we appreciate it uh, we know you've got a multitude of podcasts out there to listen to so we appreciate uh, you tuning in with us today wherever it is uh, that you are on in your journey um, with us and hopefully it's a it's a good experience for everybody absolutely and we are gonna do this like we say one step at a time one conversation at a time kevin my glasses are starting to uh, steam up because of the heat from the salsa, uh, from the salsa, yeah. So that's what I'm going with. Hey, uh, the, Kevin, too. You know, I always like to share this, but you know, we are an indie podcast. It's we. It's just you and I. Yep. We don't have any team. We don't have anybody helping us out. We put these uh, shows together, uh, you and I, uh, week to week, uh, spending that time, and we really enjoy doing it. And obviously, we just uh, enjoy hanging out and, and talking about life and leadership and all the things that can Absolutely. impact. Uh, leaders and principals and all that stuff. And we're just, you and I are just trying to get better every day. We've been on a journey and we're trying to do it and we're trying to talk about it. And I think that's great. The thing I want to say is last week I talked about, uh, we were in the self-improvement. I think I said we were 11 or seven or something like that. Yeah. This week, I just got a thing saying that in the mental health category for indie podcasts, we are number five out of a hundred. Oh, wow. So good deal. Yeah. So that's good. good so great. I, you know, I have no idea, but uh, I enjoy when I get those, and I always laugh to see where we see where, see where we're coming in. We yeah, are going to be talking. We, we about- classify ourselves as as three three different categories, right? Mental yeah. health, education, education and yeah. self improvement. So, so every time they come in a little differently from different yeah. categories, but we are in any podcast and having some fun doing it. Hey, uh, Kevin, I have a song for today's show that fits perfectly with our, I think fits perfectly with our topic. So can you uh, play that song that I told you about earlier? I got it. Here we go. No judgment either, folks. This is one of my, this is one of my favorites. Classic. It's a total classic. Let's let this puppy play for a little bit here. 
Wilson Phillips, huh? Hold on. You know that, uh, can you believe that? We normally think about this. This was released back in 1990. Was it really? 1990. Yeah. That, that was high school days for me. How about you? Uh, eighth, gr- eighth grade. Yeah. So, Hold On by Wilson Phillips. Hey, this, mm-hmm. this became a massive hit. Uh, reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Turns. Here we go. Yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, it was a massive hit. Uh, it was it was uh, reached number one. You know, it's top charts all over. You know, really other countries. Uh, what I like about it though, the song's message of perseverance, inner strength, uh, resonated. You know, with many people, kind of became an anthem of all sorts for empowerment. And today we're going to be talking a lot about mental health and the topic of mental health as it relates to us as leaders and educators and what we can do uh, in principles in our organizations to really make that uh, come about. So that that's the song for today. That's Good our connection. that's our anthem today for the show. Mailbag time, KJ. Yep. Uh, one question came in here and it has to do, I'm looking for it right now. It says, Ah, well, this was the one, obviously, last episode, 2P45. We talked a lot about stress in mm-hmm. two, no, P, 2P44. 44. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, 2P44. Episode 2P44, we talked about stress and our educational leaders may be responsible for that. But the question is, do we really, do we want to embrace stress or strive to kind of get rid of it? It's kind of, because we were, we were going back and forth there about you know, stress, but I think at the very end, we were getting to the chronic stress, right? So what, yeah, would, what I, would you tell somebody about, about stress? I mean, do you, do you embrace that or do you try to eliminate it? Well, number one, I don't think you can eliminate it unless, I mean, I think the distinction is, is like you just said, is it chronic? Is it getting in the way of other areas of your life? Um, I mean, it's quite, quite frankly, I mean, it's normal, right? To feel stressed, you've got maybe a presentation coming up. Um, there's that little bit of that underlying anxiety that, that, uh, um, you know, that angst, that, that stress. I mean, that's, I think that's normal. Uh I think where it becomes a problem is like you said, is it, is it impacting other areas of your life? Um, and, and how is it impacting your ability to do your job? You know, I was listening. I can't even remember where I heard this, uh, earlier this week, um, somebody was talking about stress. I think it was a podcast and they equated it to, um, that they were talking about the idea of, of pressure mm-hmm. and they were articulating the difference between stress and pressure. They communicated pressure as the feeling that you have when you're not prepared hmm. versus stress of of just the idea of kind of the unknown and the normal kind of feelings you get when you're trying to complete tasks and stuff like that. So, you know, what I want to say about that though is I you know, I'm going to go to a, being an athlete, right? Or being somebody who yeah. prepares, right? And you're getting yourself, you've prepared all year and you get yourself to like a game 7 or you get mm-hmm. yourself you're pre- you're prepared but that pressure is 
ungodly uh, for, you know, for some athletes and, and, and stuff like that. So I agree, but I also think, you know what, there's a lot of people that are prepared, but they do feel that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It, to get back to more of the question that you asked, you know, should you embrace it or should you just try to avoid it altogether? Like I said, I don't think you can avoid it. I mean, unless you're going to sit in your house and not do anything and not, if you don't have bills eat or chips and salsa. Eat, eat chips and salsa all day, maybe you could get away with not having any stress. But if you're any, uh, you know, type of human that has responsibilities, um, stresses, you know, and everyone's definitely stress is, is different. Um, everyone's relationship with stress is different. The, the, um, source of stress is different. There's a lot of people that create their own stress. That's um, right. You know, they have high standards. They, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. Um, yeah, stress is a complicated, I mean, that's a, you know, it's psychological, it's so mental. Um, so I guess in the short, I, the short answer would be you, you've got to at least, I don't know if embrace is the right word, but you've got to be able to develop some type of positive relationship with stress. Yeah, um, so I, I guess, I guess that's kind of embracing it. That'd be my answer. And take, yeah, and taking care of yourself, like you said. I think that's a great question again. So anybody that is out there that uh, has questions for Kevin or I, please, we love, uh, uh, we love when you you reach out to us and are asking mm-hmm. us questions or sending us stuff or just thanking us for, uh, you know, what we're talking about because it, it is these are topics that are near and dear to our hearts and I know they're near and dear to other hearts and really grateful for our mm-hmm. listeners, grateful for the people that are following us, subscribing, rating us, all that stuff. But two principles podcast at gmail dot com again. That's number two. Yep. E-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L-S podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. And, and uh, that's exactly where they can find the uh, newsletter too. Awesome. And that new, yeah. And that newsletter, Kevin, I'm just grateful for, we continue to uh, build the two principles community uh, and that continues to grow. And again, grateful for uh, the subscribers, grateful for the people who are following uh, we're hoping that you are getting uh, great information on that because that newsletter goes out on Sundays uh, when you do subscribe. And it's something that you and I, it's a topic that uh, is near and dear to our heart. We try to provide some, you know, easy access, quick read stuff on that. And again, Kevin, people can sign up where and what can they expect when they yeah, get right at the thing. Right at the bottom of the homepage on our website, like you said, twoprinciples.com. Enter your first name, last name, email address. You will get an email that you have to confirm, email confirmation. You click on that and you're good to go. And and uh, like you mentioned, we send out one email a week. It's on Sunday. Typically, it's midday. And uh, you're not going to get 50 emails from us a week or anything. We don't have that many things to say. No. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I hope Check people it out. are enjoying it. Yeah, Check and it out. Uh, th- this, uh, you know, I threw out a challenge, Kevin, out on uh, Twitter, X. Uh, uh, to start the week. And it was from one of our past, uh, challenges. And really it was about, uh, spending an hour off of any screen, any technology, mm-hmm. one hour a day and really check in with yourself about how do you feel about that? Uh, cause I think, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today when we're talking about mental health, but, uh, that, that was a challenge that I threw out there this week, but, uh, in the newsletter, there was another challenge, a lot of cool stuff in there, but again, check us out there. Again, we appreciate, uh, the growing community of the two principles, uh, newsletter. Hey, Kevin, I got a random question. Your favorite part of the show here, buddy. 
See you get to always get. answer the random question of the show. This one, I don't know. This was kind of interesting to me because I, I am actually uh, curious to know what you would uh, say here. But would you rather have the ability to teleport anywhere in the world instantly, but then never be able to remember or recall the places you've teleported to, or hmm. would you, ha- or would you want to have a photographic memory, but unable to travel outside of your hometown? <laughs> oh, that's tough. At, fr- at first, I was g- I was gonna jump. I was gonna say teleport because I ever people that know me, I don't like to fly. Yeah, uh, I avoid it at all costs. But then I think about wow, yeah, to take away the ability to to remember it, I guess. I guess you're still enjoying the moment, right? So if I right. teleported to Italy, I'm I'm still enjoying it. Um, but then there's that fun of being able to talk about experiences that you've had with people after the fact right so that takes away that element um and then the photographic memory you know i don't travel much now could i live the rest of my life just in my hometown that would be tough i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go teleporting i'm gonna go teleporting and i'm just gonna bank on that the good times while i'm having them are gonna there yes they're just good I think yeah. I'm going to do that too. And then I thought, well, what if you did the photographic memory, but you're unable to travel outside your state, you know, wherever you live. But I, I still think I would be able to get behind the state. Okay. That would maybe change a little bit. Potentially. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think I'm going to teleport too. I think, uh, I think I would, I would probably choose that as well too. So, Hey, if you're a listener and, uh, you're listening to us, always curious to know maybe what you would be doing. Uh, on the random question of the show. But hey, Kevin, let's talk about the topic. This is All a right. topic, obviously, that's big to us. It's a mental health topic. How do you build supportive, uh, how do you build a supportive workplace uh, around mental health? And really about breaking the stigma, mm-hmm. uh, you know, building that workplace that really champions mental health, really focusing on the mind and how much the mind does matter. Um, and then the other pieces that I want I want us to be thinking about as we talk about this topic today, and and really uh, uh, maybe listeners as well too. But what's the cost of mental health support in the workplace? And I hate to say this, but some people are saying, is it worth the investment? Hmm. So think about that, okay? And then also, are we um, prioritizing employees with mental health, or are we enabling dependents? That's, you know, stuff that's out there as well, too. And then how do you strike that balance between privacy and support? So those are things I want us to be thinking about as we talk about this topic today, uh, because mental health, you and I have spent a lot of time with this. We are grateful for our partner, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness, and uh, just you know, you and I have sat down with just some amazing people and therapists over the last mm-hmm. year and gained a lot of knowledge. So you got those questions rolling around your head as we get going here, pal? I do. It's a big, All big, right. big topic. So um, what are some things that, uh, what are, what are some strategies that you think uh, that to create a mentally uh, supportive workplace? What are some strategies that principals, leaders, educators could do to create that uh, space? Well, I think for one, I think you have to make sure that your your staff, your employees, your company is comfortable enough to 
reach out if they're struggling. I think that's that's step one. Um, you're not going to solve anybody's problems or challenges if you're not aware that they're happening. Right. And if it's a if it's a culture of of you know negativity and and lack of trust, you're you're never going to have those those uh, employees come forward. Mm-hmm. And and they're going to suffer in silence, and and uh, that's it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt the company. It's going to hurt the organization. Um, so I, I'd say it costs that, money, right? At the end of the day, it costs well, money. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, especially if you're talking. I mean, obviously everything costs money, but I mean, depending on depending on what the the organization is. I mean, from a you know, <laughs> I mean, let's just talk about like a company that that thrives on productivity, and yeah. you know, they have a you know they're creating something that's tangible. I mean, if you're, if your your employees are uh, struggling, bottom line is that, you know, they're probably not going to be as efficient. They're not going to be as productive. They're not going to feel as good. Um, and it is going to hurt, hurt the bottom dollar, the bottom line. But, um, yeah. so I would say, yeah, that would probably be the first step. Mm-hmm. Creating a, what a up? go ahead. No, I was going to say that that's, that's absolutely great. You need to create that culture and that that's important to do that, create that open thing. But I think that starts with, um, just as a leader, as an educator, as a principal, being a empathetic, compassionate, uh, leader is so important. And, uh, if you're walking around, uh, you know, as a jackwad asshole, uh, you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Mrs. Whatever, and not really connecting with your staff, that makes it really difficult. Like mm-hmm. for you said to, to open up and to create that culture. Yeah. So anything else you'd want to say there about that? about that one? I mean, that's, that's such a, I mean, obviously there's a million ways to do that. Um, what about, um, you said this before to me, uh, you know, there are those, uh, what are they resources that folks could, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like through like HR employee yeah. support services and yeah. stuff, yeah. you know? Yes. And I think it's, I think it's on our shoulders. I think it's on, on, on leaders. I think it's their responsibility. They, they have to be familiar with what's available. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the last thing you you want to have happen is a staff member come to you because they trust you and they come and they, you know, in confidence and they they open up to you and your your response is, hey, you know what? I don't know. Let me let me look into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, granted, they might ask you something that you legitimately don't don't know, well, but yeah. and that's okay. But how much better would it be if you at least had a general working knowledge of the resources that your company offers and you can at least offer up some of those as an initial um you know solution uh something for that for that employee to look into so i think i think we need to take it upon ourselves to research and figure out what our organization does have to to offer yeah support Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things is I was just, just sitting here talking, there's a lot of people that say, why do you keep, why do you, you know, why are you talking about mental health? Why, you, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, you know, what do why are we, why are you doing that really? But here's what I'll tell you. Uh, the, the global, uh, when we're talking about this globally, there's approximately one in four people globally that will experience a mental health disorder at some point in their life. One in four. 
at some yeah. point in their life. So if we're going to say, oh, you know what, we're not going to deal with this or that's not my job or that's not my responsibility, right? Have you ever heard that before? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's not my responsibility. Well, you're a, you're a leader, you're a principal, you're in education. By God, it, it better be because we're in the people business. Yep. So. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And, and mental health disorders are one of the leading causes of disability worldwide. So, okay. So that brings up something that I read about um, the other day, talking about this mental health in the workplace. Um, you're talking about how prevalent it is. And so mm -hmm. regardless of what organization you are in as a leader, you're, you're, you're going to run into it. Yep. You might run into it yourself, right? But I mean, absolutely. But, but there's a good chance you're going to going to have some employees that struggle. Another thing to think about that I, I think I think it's important is understanding the cultural implications when talking about mental health. Okay, it's very very common and it's very very easy for for people to, you know, we do this instinctually. We we think about these topics in terms of our own perspective, right? I mean, it, yeah. it's not, we're not bad people. It's just that that's what humans do is they, they, they come from their own perspective, their own experiences, their own situations. Working in schools, we work with a, you know, a very diverse population. Um, and we see that there are significant differences in cultures uh, when it comes to, um, um, relationships with, with school and with rules and with family and there's all different dynamics. There's also a very different, um, relationship with mental health when it comes to other, um, ethnicities. And I think we need to be cognizant of that and understand that there might be some, as much as there are stigmas, stigmas related to mental health there are there are some larger stigmas when it comes to certain ethnicity groups ethnic mm -hmm. groups and mm -hmm. it it might be that much more difficult for someone coming from that population to say i need help and so being aware of that, those types of things and those cultural differences is also i think something that that leaders need to be aware of and be thinking about when they're t looking at their staff and, and their employees for sure and again that's going to come down to building relationships mm -hmm. with your staff getting to know them being empathetic being a compassionate leader um, and all that stuff that we've talked about i think that's great i want to talk about depression and anxiety a little bit because sure. Those are two of the big ones. I think people, when they think of mental health, they think about depression mm -hmm. and they think about, uh, anxiety disorders. Um, and when you think about depression, that is a mental health disorder affecting, you know, you can read different things, but what I, what I looked at over this last week, 264 million people of all ages. And that's, mm. you think about that 264 million people of all ages, um, that are affected by depression. Is that, is that and worldwide or is that in our country? That, that is world. Um, it's gotta uh, be worldwide. Yeah, that's worldwide. Yeah, yeah. it's gotta be. Yeah. Um, in what, what the, what they're saying, there's estimates of more than 300 million people hmm. worldwide. So, you know, you've, you depression, 
can be that mental health disorder, but then there's estimates that over 300 and that's, you know, that that's a lot. And so depression and that there's, there, there's, you know, obviously I'm not an expert. You're not an expert and we don't, we don't at all, but depression affects a lot of people either personally or it affects you in your family, right. Or people, you know, and so that is something to be aware of and understand. The next thing I want to talk about is anxiety disorders. Okay. Anxiety disorders. That is probably the most prevalent mental health disorder worldwide based on stuff that I've read, uh, research that I've done. And that is saying that approximately 284 million people of all ages have an anxiety disorder. Hmm. 284 where, you know, they're saying depression is 264 people, but, uh, 264 million people and whatever. But if you think about anxiety and everything that, you know, you and I, you're a leader, I'm a leader being in education. Do we, do you hear about depression and anxiety a lot? And now a word about our partner, Healthwise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota, HealthWise is ready and able to assist you with becoming the best version of yourself. And now back to the show. Absolutely. I mean, anxiety, I will, I will say from, from my experience, anxiety seems to be more prevalent than people using the term depressed or depression. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost like you could just throw a dart into a crowd and you're guaranteed to hit somebody that's, that's dealing with anxiety. And it, it, it'd be interesting to really dive into this and, and try to understand, you know, what's changed is over the last, you know, two, three decades as the, um, has the, the evaluation process changed. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, but I know I don't remember growing up and having anybody in my friend group, you know, talk about anxiety. Yeah. I mean, it was not talked about. Now, it doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. Maybe right. it just wasn't recognized and it wasn't named. Um, whereas now, you know, people openly talk about it, which I think is great. And, but, but yes, it's, it's extremely pre- prevalent. Uh, so here, I read this article, you're saying that, um, I read this article this week and it's called Social Media Use Increases depression, anxiety, and loneliness. No doubt. And so uh, (laughs) that's why, you know, we always challenge ourselves, you and I, let's get let's, let's get off screens for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's take a break from screens. Let's just go connect with ourselves, go ground ourselves, get under nature, whatever that may be. Actually had a great person today, um, that follows, follows us on, uh, uh, Twitter or X there, reach out and say, one of the things that he does is he gets himself into, um, nature and he goes for a, what he call he calls it you know nature walk and to helps him helps him alleviate some of the stuff going on uh in in his life but yeah I, so i would say is it is it if you think about when you and i were growing up 
It wasn't talked about. Maybe it was there. But is it the cell phone? Is it the social media? Is it the, the internet? It, when that came about, what you, you can look at, uh, there's all sorts of studies and data on this, but they show that increase, right? Yeah. Well, think, think, you, about, think about, I mean, what we see with young people is there's this constant feeling of inadequacy. Because mm-hmm. because it's just a steady stream of comparing myself to everybody that's in my feed, mm-hmm. right? When we were growing up, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> I'm a, do you remember? Uh, do you remember using the term uh, uh, "ghoul" for when you play tag? Is that ghoul. what it was called? Ghoul? Like it was like the safe space? Am I mm-hmm. totally making that up? No, you probably, it's probably, yeah. Well, when we were kids, your house was like the safe space. You, yeah. you couldn't, there was no judgment. There, you, you weren't accessing anything. You had no idea what anybody else was doing. You didn't know where they were on vacation at the time. You, you didn't know what new clothes they just bought. You didn't know where they were eating dinner. And I mean, when you really think about the absolute, nonstop stream of of opportunity for a kid for a young mind to say i'm not good enough i'm not like them man that's got to do damage i mean you're right we we didn't have that we didn't have that and and there were very there were far fewer opportunities for us to compare ourselves um you know, at school, obviously, you're surrounded by your friends and your peers and, and everything, but a 24-7 approach, we didn't have it. Or just, I mean, think about this. You, you and I had this conversation this week already, but just think about the access that these kids have. No, I mean, on their phones. I mean, they're. I was yeah. talking to my wife about this. The brains aren't even fully developed yet. Mm-hmm. They can't even, they don't even know how to process that stuff. And they're seeing images, constant images, that is, pro- you know, I'm just going to go on and on. that's probably one of the reasons that yeah. we're seeing this stuff is because the, the the brains aren't there. They, they don't have the, uh, the ability to handle that at this, at this age. Yeah. I don't think you and I need to be professional, you know, mental health practitioners to, to no. uh, go out on a limb and say that social media has increased, um, anxiety in young people. I mean, that's just a no brainer. Everybody knows that. Is it the only thing? No, but it certainly is a contributing factor. And I don't even, some people might, you know, you got people out there that say, "Ah, I don't know about that, but no, I really do. I mean, we see it every day. We, we get to, uh, we see it. I mean, we just visually see that every day. The other piece I want to talk about Kevin is, you know, and a lot of people, they don't like to talk about this, but it's suicide right? Mm-hmm. That's obviously a significant concern of mental health. And so if you're not dealing with depression, you're not dealing with anxiety, you're not dealing with some of those things that are happening to you. Um, you know, the reports out there, again, we're talking worldwide, 800,000 people die hmm. of suicide every year. Um, that in, in the reports I, I know in the reports I read this week, it's the second leading cause of death among individuals aged 15 to 29 globally. 
second leading cause of death among individuals aged 15 to 29 globally. So going back to mental health, A, you have to understand it, right? Mm -hmm. We are talking about, we know, we're aware that there is a concern of anxiety or they're, you know, dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression and these mental health disorders. That's why we're talking about them. You and I are talking about them. We want to, we want to talk about them. We want to help people, um, get to where they need to go to get the support that they need. But that to me is just, just, I, it's hard even to, mm-hmm. to think about. It is. Let me ask you a little follow-up question here and get your thoughts on this. You know, you talk about anxiety, you talk about depression. We we talk about burnout, right? That's something mm-hmm. that you and I talk a lot about. How does a leader, you know, somebody who's, who's, you know, running an organization, they're responsible for other people. What are the red flags of being able to distinguish between, hey, somebody is, somebody's, you know, on the, on, on the path of burnout, maybe, you know, they're, they're stressed versus somebody who might be suffering from like clinical depression. How do you, yeah. number one, is it important to, to understand the difference? Number two, what do you think some of those warning signs are? Well, that, I mean, Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. That's a difficult question. And, you know, I'm going to go back to, uh, what we always try to start with. It's, it's hopefully you have relationships. Hopefully you have created a, a safe space, but being able to recognize, uh, your employees who maybe are st- Maybe they're not coming to work. They're coming in, you know, they're struggling to get there. Um, maybe you see a change in uh, just attitude or mood that you, that's just not uh, them. Then I, then I think it comes down to just having um, a conversation, not in, a, not in a negative or bad way, but just I really care about you. Yeah. I care about you, and here's what I'm noticing. Um, so those are the things that I, that I have done, yeah. actually have done, um, because I would want somebody to do that for me. Absolutely. If, if I'm, if I'm hurting, if I'm struggling and somebody notices, uh, you know, something different about me, if it's my mood, if it's my behavior, temperament, um, maybe I look like I haven't had sleep in, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, recognizing those things and, and having that conversation. Cause you know, we, we have to, I don't know. I think that's part of our, that's part of who we, who we are mm-hmm. as individuals. I don't care what, what walk of life or what you do uh, to check in on people, to see how they're doing. And I think that's the biggest thing we can do is just check in on people. Hey, how you doing? And I think, I think having those relationships, I think is like you said, is vital because you talked about noticing changes that that's how you're going to know that if you don't know your, your staff, if you don't know the people that, that you're working with, you're not going to be aware of those things. Um, you know, for me, when I think about that, the difference between, you know, having, you know, stress or work stress, or, you know, maybe you're on that road to, to burnout versus depression. It's if I can leave work, I I, I can recharge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm on the verge of burnout or if I'm, I'm stressed, but if, if I'm depressed, 
it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what my environment is, right? I can, I can go, I can leave work for a week and it's still not going to help anything. Mm -hmm. But as a leader, you need to be, you need to know your people. You need to be aware, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's something as simple as, um, you know, somebody loves to garden and, and you're noticing that they're, they're not gardening anymore. They're not talking about it. Um, well, that's a sign, right? That's mm -hmm. a sign that they, they're losing interest in, in, uh, the love for something that they care about. Um, mm -hmm. but you got to know your people. Right. Absolutely. Got to know your people. And to, to kind of add on and, and move this conversation, uh, you know, down, down the path of, of what, what we have to do as, as leaders, educators, principals in, in our role here to support mental health, uh, in the workplace is number one, we have to be leading by example. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to, um, we have to talk about it. Uh, you, you can't sit behind your door and think about mental health and not really do anything about it. You have to talk about it. You have to, maybe you're bringing it up. Maybe it's part of your PD. Maybe it's part of, uh, a, a meeting. Maybe, you put something out in a, a weekly email. What do you, maybe you put something out in a newsletter that goes home to families, but you need to lead right. by example. The other big piece is, and I know we talk about this and, you know, work-life balance, right? Yep. And you and I, it's a big part of, it's a big part of our show and what we talk about, but you have to, as a leader, encourage that and let people know that, Hey, it's okay to get out of work and to check out of work. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You got to do that. Like going on a break now, right? Spending some time away from your computer, from emails, uh, from the work that's going on and let your brain and body and all that stuff connect back into yourself. But uh, that is important as a leader to encourage that. Um, and you know, the other piece to hit on what you were just saying there, you know, knowing your employees, but maybe it's, uh, regular check-ins mm -hmm. with folks, you know, walking around and, um, just checking in on folks. Hey, how you doing? How's your family? How are your kids? Um, how's your dog? Mm -hmm. Um, it's you know. pretty easy to be complacent with, yes, with, it is. with all the things that we have going on. Mm-hmm it's, it's pretty easy to just get into that routine of, of, you know, checking things off the list. And, and I mean, I catch myself, I'll be honest. I mean, I catch myself all the time thinking about something I should do mm -hmm. that's not on my checklist, but I know it would be good for somebody or me or the organization. And I will, I'll, in the back of my mind, I'll say, nah, I, I can, I can do that later. I can do that yeah. later. Next thing you know, three months have gone by and you haven't, you haven't done that thing. Um, so I, I think you bring up a very, very good point is what kind of intentional practice are you putting in place to, um, to check in with your, with your, with your folks. And people are going to find out really easy, Kevin, if, if you're genuine and you're true, mm -hmm. right. They're going to know that, you know, if, if you're going to show empathy and compassion and a listening ear or regular check-ins, they'll know that you're genuine and you do care about yeah, for sure people's mental health and whatever that may be. Cause everybody, you know, being in this business for uh, as long as I've been in this business, you know, I was just having this conversation this week. People, 
people go through a lot of shit, mm-hmm. right? In their life, we go through a lot of shit, and so work. We come into work every day, and there's a lot of people that go through some big stuff. If it's if it's a loss of a family member, if it's maybe they're having uh, uh, marital issues or going through a divorce or whatever it may be, there's a there's stuff that just happens. Yep. Maybe they have a situation with a, a family member. It is, you know, and then we're going to go into the education field and and say, hey, just suck it up and and uh, just keep going. No, you, you got to be able to, there's that balance there of checking in, making sure people are doing okay. Do they have what they need? Do they need to take some time off? I mean, really having some conversations. I've yeah. had conversations over the several years of being a principal of, hey, maybe it's, you know, let's, do you need to take some time off? Do you need, you know, do you need to leave, do you need to leave today? Right. Whatever right. that may be, but finding that balance, because if you can help people get on the right track and get the help that they need, they're going to come back in a better place. For sure. For sure. Um, hey, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the cost of, yeah. of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. What do you know about that? Did you do any research? I did. Okay. What do you got? The cost. The economic impact. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this. What I what I know is mental health issues have a substantial economic impact, not just a little economic, but the and I'm not, we're talking globally here. So sure. the stuff I'm talking about is global cost. It's not just the United States, but globally, the global cost of mental uh, health disorders is estimated to be around two point five trillion dollars per year. I mean trillion, not not million or billion. We're talking trillion. The global cost of mental health disorders is estimated to be around 2.5 trillion dollars per year. How do you think they're calculating that? Like what are is it like loss healthcare costs, loss of productivity? I was wondering uh, maybe reduced quality of life. I don't I don't know. There's probably multiple things, but that was a number. I would think that insurance claims would be a huge part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, I would have never guessed that Kevin, if you would have asked me that question, I, I would have yeah, not even would have been close way to that. But that's the reason, again, we have to bring attention to this. And two things. One is, yes, we can keep talking about it, but at the same time, you and I have always talked about, okay, we can be aware of it, mm-hmm. but we got to do something yeah, about something. it. Yep. Right. So, Let's talk. I want to ask you, what are some things that folks can do to start maybe helping themselves when it comes to mental health or well, their own personal mental health? Yeah. I mean, aside, aside from being able to talk to somebody about it, um, because if, if, if someone is struggling with a legitimate mental health disorder, you need support. Mm-hmm. You are not going to successfully navigate that on your own. Um, I, I just don't think you will. Um, you might limp along long enough to give yourself the impression that you're you're managing it. But I think in the end, you you need some some uh, professional support. Mm-hmm. Um, the next piece would be, again, around the awareness. Um understanding what your triggers are, understanding what, what is the source of, of the challenge. And then, like you said, just a couple minutes ago, doing something about it. And that might be 
again, telling somebody, hey, I'm struggling with this part of my job. Is there any way that we can modify that? Is there any way that we can adjust things? Um, because I'm really having a hard time with it and and I'm working through some things and not to say that maybe you wouldn't ever take that responsibility back or what it might be, but maybe for now, maybe we just modify some things. Mm -hmm. I would like to believe that most leaders, if they have a staff member coming to them, being honest, being transparent and, and wanting, wanting to collaborate and, and get through something Many, I mean, honestly, unless you're a jerk, most leaders are going to want to work with you. Right. Okay. Most leaders are going to want to support you and help you through that. Um, but we're afraid. I think we're afraid to talk. We're afraid to say that because mm-hmm. fear of judgment, fear of criticism, uh, fear of people. Say, oh, you're not strong enough. What's wrong with you? I mean, the you know, you go down the line, the 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 yep. the stigma. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's so. It's so strong. That voice in your head is so strong that people are just afraid to do it. So, um, so number one, talk to somebody. Number two, have that awareness and 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 try to come up with with a a uh, an approach to mitigate the things that are causing some of the um, the anxiety and the depression and and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's just two tiny ones. I mean, there's tons of other stuff. You know, work yeah, work life balance, wanna... boundaries, all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was getting. I wanted to get into a little bit too. Is you know we, you and I, have been on our own personal journey, and that's why we're talking about yep. this. But a lot of what you and I do, I mean, obviously we were both what we considered unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I, for me personally, I was unhealthy all over the place, not just physically, mentally, emotionally. I was just not good. But one of the things that you and I, um, I believe, both preach and practice is what are you what what are you doing proactively to put yourself in a good spot right yeah. and that's going to start with take that's going to start with what are you doing to take care of yourself right mm-hmm. and both you and I have found exercise to be really good for us and making sure that you're um, getting regular consistent some sort of exercise I don't care if it's running walking lifting weights um, going on a tread, whatever it may be, but putting yourself in those spots to take care of yourself. The other piece has been for both of us. We've both changed our eating habits. Mm -hmm. We've drastically changed our eating habits. That helps. The thing that we talked about last week when it comes to stress, getting enough sleep, Mm -hmm. right? You got to make sure you're sleeping. And if you're not sleeping, trying to figure out why that isn't happening. The other big piece that we know, and you and I have talked about this, and we've had guests on, and we've talked to therapists, we've had actually mindfulness gurus. Actually, I I actually live with one. (laughs) But we talk about mindfulness and and meditation, and what does that look like? That could be two minutes a day focusing on your breath. That could be going outside and just listening to nature, whatever that may be. But those are the things. And then the last thing that we talk about both you and I is engaging in things that bring you joy. Yep. Find things that bring you joy, do them. But so when we're talking mental health, we're talking all this stuff, there's ways to be proactive with this. And, and 
can you still do all these things and and, and still suffer from absolutely. depression? Absolutely, absolutely, you can. Right? Yep. As I'm not saying you can't, but these will help, right? Yeah, I, it's part of the equation. It's definitely part of the equation. I mean, you you can't you can't uh, you know if you're diagnosed with clinical depression. You can't just run five miles a day and think everything's going to be good. Think, yeah, and eat right. some fruit and some veggies. You got to you you got to do other stuff, and right. that's where uh, professional support comes into play and and a support network and um, understanding yourself and figuring out what works, figuring out what doesn't work, figuring out what what triggers you have, um, mm-hmm. adjusting things in in your life. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's an ongoing thing. It's not a you're not going to figure it out tomorrow and be like, oh, this is good. This is my solution for the rest of my life because people change, relationships change. You're, I mean, everything is constantly in flux. So, right, it's it's uh, you know some people suffer from more of that like seasonal depression yep. type thing to the point where some people they can't live. They have to live in the south, right? Yep. And so it's just. Every situation is going to be different, but, um, the other thing I want to say about, uh, when we're talking about this topic and we're talking about mental health and taking care of your mental health. And, and I would say, uh, we both have said this since it's, mental health isn't a bad thing. No. Mental health is part of who you are, what you, your makeup of who you are. You just, you, you have to take care of it and you have to figure out ways to take care of it. And there's, there's multitude of ways that we're talking about that you take care of your mental health. But the other piece I would say, and this, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point. I think as leaders or principals or educators, whatever, sometimes we, we feel like we can never get away from work. We can't take a vacation or we can't take a day off. You know what? Bullshit. (laughs) You can. The organization, your school, everything is going to continue to move on with or without you. So if you're not not going to take that, they're not going to lock the doors. (laughs) No, take a break, take a vacation. You know, that's okay. And tell your staff to do that. Yes, absolutely. So much. I, cause you know, you, we, we grew up in that thing of like, oh, you, it's a badge of honor mm-hmm. to never take a day off and never to do all that stuff. Well, if, if, if that's the case and our stress levels are high, our, our physical health is gone, our mental health is gone, we're stressed out. Well, what the hell? Yeah, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm walking around. I'm depressed. I, I'm anxious. I don't feel good. Um, so no, take, take breaks, take vacations. I think that's really important. And the last thing I would say on this, uh, Kevin, is you said this is figure out a support system and as principals, uh, leaders, educators, find some people that you can talk to. And I know you and I have met some great people along the way here that we can have a conversation about these topics and it's okay to do that. Hey, you shared with me this week, some facts. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to share those facts with, uh, the folks I'm trying to, which facts are we talking about? We're talking, you shared some facts with me. Um, I think something about uh, research that's shown about happy employees or something like that. Um, let me find it. I was looking Kids. at a bunch of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, research t- talking about happy. Yeah, um, yeah showing that happy employees, yeah. if, if, you know. 
what's happy. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) we're just going to use the word happy because that's what the research talked about. Happy employees are 12% more productive, um, which I feel like is actually pretty low. I mean, when I anecdotally think about my own job, yeah. You know, I can think of days where I'm not feeling good and I'm not in a good place mentally, um, maybe even physically. And then there's days where I'm just kind of happy. I'm elated. I'm I'm excited about maybe something coming up or whatever. I feel way more than 12% productive. Oh, me yeah, totally. I do too. So I don't know, but maybe that's just an average. Um Yeah, so I don't know. And then some other stuff I came across. Uh, another study talked about three out of 3,000 workers, 61% said that workplace stress uh, made them physically ill, Jeez, physically please. sick. So, um, and, you know, 61%. You talk about that. I mean, you, everyone experiences, you know, you, when you feel run down, when you feel stressed out, you, you definitely feel like you're yeah. more susceptible to, you know, a cold or something like that. Um. But then the opposite of that is, is, you know, we're talking about workplace and mental health support, workplace Mm -hmm. embracing a workplace that embraces mental health. Um, This article talked about a 30% increase in uh, reported job satisfaction. So would make sense, right? What we're talking about here, you create a culture, you create a climate of that. I mean, that's people are going to want to be there. Yeah. What else is on that list? There was a bunch, there was a few other things I found that you sent to me. I found that was pretty interesting. Oh, here's one. Thinking about the impact that you can have as a leader, employees uh, report that having a supportive supervisor, manager, boss, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, are seventy percent less likely to experience symptoms of depression. Wow. So what I get from that is basically if you're just nice to people, you're, you're going to, you're going to decrease their chances of experiencing depression by 70%. Just be nice to people. Just support support people. Talk to (laughs) them. Say hi to them. How you doing? That one sounds easy. Uh, Let's see what else, what else was in there that was interesting. Um, Wellness uh, companies that have wellness programs. Mm-hmm. Again, a wide range of, of definitions of what a wellness program looks like, but um, companies that implement wellness programs experience 24% decrease in absenteeism. Okay. A huge factor for schools, right? Oh, geez, when, when, yes. when staff is not there, man, does that impact the building? And so, whatever wellness program that you could potentially create. Think if you could decrease how many people are out of your building by 24% on a daily basis. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. So some interesting uh, stuff. For the- hey, um, are we ready to, uh, you got anything else? Otherwise. I think, I think, I mean, we could talk about this one and eventually we'll probably come back and talk about this again. Yeah. You know, but I think this was a, this was a good time for us because we're, we are in, uh, you know, we're, we're towards the end of October here and we're talking about it. And, and, you know, as we, we will bring this topic back Absolutely. up because we have to keep talking yep. about it, but I think there's some good stuff and you and I continually read on this stuff or look, get stuff sent to us. And so we like to bring that out, but yeah. let's, uh, what are you going to leave the listeners with today? 
You, you, one piece of advice. Hmm. One piece of advice. I would say identify somebody at your workplace that you can start. I'm not even saying going and, and divulging things and, and, um, um, you know, telling your, your deepest, darkest secret, secrets, but find somebody that you think you could see yourself talking to if you ever have a problem mm. and try to build yeah. that relationship. The last thing that you want to do when you're in crisis is ask yourself, oh my gosh, who can I talk to? Mm-hmm. So start thinking about if I ever need support from someone, who who can I see that possibly being, and then try to cultivate that relationship? And it's probably probably it's somebody you think of that you already have a relationship with. And mm-hmm. so I would say just continue fostering that relationship, nurturing that relationship, and um, make sure you have somebody that you feel close enough to that you trust enough that you could ask for help if you ever need it. And it's okay to ask for Absolutely. help. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It is okay to ask for help. That doesn't mean you're weak. That doesn't mean you're anything. You, uh, we say this, it starts with you. You're important. That's great advice, Kevin. And you know That's what? Great. On the flip side of that coin, I just thought of this. Make sure you're also cultivating a relationship for someone, for you to be somebody's person. There you go. Like, and, and and I think that would actually even help you <laughs> if if you're if you're working on on making sure that you might be somebody's person. I think that's you know you get something back from that too, knowing that you're going to be there to support somebody else if they ever need you. I love it. I'm gonna le- I'm gonna leave listeners with this. Um, this just came uh, this just came on me, but and uh, limit exposure to negative influences Mm. let me say that again limit exposure to negative influences and if you can you got to get rid of and remove or minimize exposure to toxic people media and environments that may impact your mental well-being negatively Get rid of some of that crap you're looking on your phone. Uh, that could be unfollowing somebody, muting somebody, just getting off of social media. Limit your exposure to negative influences. I will tell you personally, it helps. That's my piece of advice on this topic of mental health. So my friend, I always enjoy the conversation with you. I always learn something new. It always gets me spurring on something else. I'm sure now this week you and I will have more conversations and it'll trigger the next topic we'll be bringing up Absolutely. Uh, next week. But uh, grateful for the time today yeah. and uh, yeah, wishing everybody a great week. Yeah, everybody have a great week to all those educators out there. Um, get a little bit of a break here and, and uh, enjoy the fall weather and recharge and Make sure you are continuing to live and lead with purpose. Everybody have a great one. Take care.